0: For a period of time in very very early pandemic guys when all of us thought the world was gonna die i for some reason i have never been into greek tragedy i just have never been into the gods got obsessed with this like persephone fan fiction it was so embarrassing
1: Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident Cambridge expert Ella Kopakin. Before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. At the beginning of each month, I outline the books that we will be reviewing, so whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read The Maidens by Alex Micheladies.
0: And now we can (laughs) pretend to like each other. Go. (laughs)
1: Well, hello, Ella. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jenna. Thank you for having me. It's so amazing to have you back on the show. I can't believe you keep coming back here time and time again.
0: I know. God, I, I wonder why.
1: I wonder why.
0: <laughs> I, th- I
1: guess I just like books and you. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm touched. Um. Well, I guess if first order business, what are we drinking tonight? Um. We are drinking... So my mom was like trying
0: to quit drinking for a while um she was just like doing a dry january thing she got these like flavor things from this local place that was like ginger lime etc anyway so i'm drinking tequila this like ginger elixir thing and some sparkling water
1: okay so you took this uh thing that's supposed to be non-alcoholic and added tequila i love that (laughs) yes correct (laughs) What are you drinking lovely um i am drinking a tequila soda seltzer um, oh similar with a squeeze of lime this is a local company uh, and what it's actually it delicious wavy mills <laughs> navy, oh, <no>. hill. <laughs> navy hill navy <laughs> hill close um, yeah, i went to a workout last week at, or this last weekend and this guy just had a backpack full of them and was giving them out and it's delicious actually
0: wait i'm sorry in what context He was just like Anybody want a soda after the workout? Yeah, he was
1: like, hey, my wife, my wife makes these. Do you want one? I was yeah. like, sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it worked also, out in my favor.
0: We should talk about, didn't you
1: just get back from a podcast retreat of some sort? <gasps> I did. A podcast festival. It was so fun. Um, it was here in Richmond. And we had a bunch of seminars and a bunch of stuff. And I uh, went... We went to a community, building community, uh, through podcasting, which was really fun. That one was really good. And then the other really good one was marketing. (laughs) Podcasting. I learned a lot. I brought my uh, social media and business manager, Taylor, with me. um, And she had a blast as well. So it was a good time.
0: You hear that, people? There is investment going into this thing, okay? This is it. We're getting real. We're helping us grow, you help us grow, we're all doing it. We're all doing you it help together. help us grow by
1: listening. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. what did we read? Okay, we read The Maidens. Um, and this is how I'm going to pronounce it, and this is how we're going to go forth from here on out. The Maidens by Alex Michelades. That's how I pronounced it.
0: I was pronouncing it that way too. Is, it, is there like a proper
1: Greek pronunciation that we're missing out on? Probably. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Um, but that's how I'm going to go forth, and that's how we are sorry, if we butchered it.
0: <laughs> and that's how we are sorry.
1: Is <laughs> by giving it our best effort. <laughs> We're
0: trying, and that's how we are sorry.
1: Oof, duh, okay. Um, I no, haven't I'm, talked I'm to people in the last couple of <laughs> days, so
0: i know there's a very like strange energy coming from both of us today but i'm loving it i think we should yeah it with
1: fits it. the vibe of the book
0: <laughs> it does it does okay Casey, well it like, comes from behind with a knife
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. um so let's get into some quick facts about this book um it was originally published in 2021 it received a 3.6 out of 5 on goodreads which I think is a little bit low, but that's just my opinion. Um, It was a book of the month choice, which is how I actually got it on my bookshelf. And then um, some facts about Alex, as we get into this, Alex Micheladies. He went to Cambridge uh, for, he went to three schools and Cambridge was one of them. Um, And so that's kind of why this book is set in Cambridge. And that's why all the details are like, very on point for this um okay cool. and he is also the author of the silent patient which was his first novel um and that was a new york times bestseller and he also studied psychotherapy for three years which explains mm. why he writes these psychological thrillers and how he's really able to get into these minds of these killers and the people surrounding sense. these killers yeah Alrighty, let's just jump right into the summary um this is from Amazon.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, a, though, a what? Um, I haven't read his other book, but I was just so it, it, the psychology thing makes a lot of sense. Like, he's really, really able to write psychological thrillers. Like, I, there was so much of this book that I did not expect. And I feel like that I didn't think that that could still happen in this day and age to read a yeah. mystery that gets you like as excited as Sherlock Holmes. But like, oh, yeah, he nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry, continue.
1: Let's get into our summary. So Edward Fosca is a murderer. Of this, Mariana is certain. But Fosca is untouchable. A handsome and charismatic Greek tragedy professor at Cambridge University, Fosca is adored by staff and students alike, particularly by the members of a secret society of females known as the Maidens mariana andros is a brilliant but troubled group therapist who becomes fixated on the maidens when one member a friend of mariana's niece zoe is found murdered in cambridge mariana who once found herself a student at the university quickly suspects that behind the idyllic beauty of the spires and turrets and beneath the ancient traditions lies something sinister (laughs) and she becomes convinced that despite his alibi edward fosca is guilty of murder But why would the professor target one of his students, and why does he keep returning to the rights of Persephone, the maiden, and her journey to the underworld? When another body is found, Mariana's obsession with proving Fosca's guilt spirals out of control, threatening to destroy her credibility, as well as her closest relationships. But Mariana is determined to stop this killer, even if it costs her everything, including her life.
0: Okay. Okay. Good summary, except that I feel like it leaves out the very important thing that Mariana is recently a widower. She is. Uh, what's her husband's name?
1: Sebastian. Oh, how could I forget? Sebastian. Sebastian. Um,
0: yeah, I feel like which is kind of the reason that she goes down there in the first place, which is to get over him. But
1: Yes, yes. So she's recently a widow. Her late husband died when he went out for a swim and never came back. Um, And ever since then, Mariana's kind of thought that this goddess has been out to get her and has been like, was the one to kill her husband and was the one that was kind of taking the lives of these students because she was getting sent these notes that were talking about the life of Persephone and uh, what's the other one? Oh God! I mean, this
0: gets into the part that I was gonna say later, which is that like Greek tragedy is not
1: something I would call my forte. Well, see, I'm a big Percy Jackson fan, and I. Oh, okay, um, so you're the deep person in the weeds. To
0: go to. Yeah, okay. deep
1: in the weeds. It was uh, Demeter. Boom! Didn't even have to Google it.
0: Demeter, uh, goddess of the harvest. Guys, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> i do remember that story because for a period of time in very very early pandemic guys when all of us thought the world was gonna die i for some reason i have never been into greek tragedy i just have never been into the gods got obsessed with this like persephone fan fiction it was so embarrassing but i learned a great deal about the story of demeter and persephone and hades
1: yeah so that that's a very off another part of the book that kind of follows and then it weaves in and out of the actual storyline but in our actual storyline we have mariano who's the kind of the narrator from which this story is told um and she kind of arrives on campus after zoe's friend is murdered and it's like a brutal murder and they're trying to figure out who did it and zoe kind of suspects it's edward fosca who's this professor who's this handsome, charismatic, he's American, so of course he's sketchy. Um, and he kind of has this group of women, of young women from college that are like surrounding him, Um, at all times. And she finds out later that this is this group is called the maidens. And so pretty much they're his like special group is what he calls them. They just want to be, you know, kind of better than everyone else. They want to have these intellectual conversations with wine and this, this, you know, smoking professor. (laughs) They want to have these
0: intellectual conversations with wine, which we don't do every week. I don't know who would do that. I don't know who the frick does that. <laughs> I literally don't host a podcast called Red Wine Reads. I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Is what we do intellectual? <laughs> it's mm, yeah, that's true. That's a real stretch. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Apologies.
1: May rebrand to be called The Maidens. Um, just keep an eye <laughs> out for that. <laughs> Red Wine Reads, a.k.a. The Maidens. yes. Um, so as, uh, as Mariana kind of gets very invested in this story that Edward Fosca had to have done it, she's like, he's the, he, he's the guy. She went over to his place. He made her eat raw lamb. Um, had <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that disturbed me so much. That part just really stuck with me. Well, I um, think I, it
0: stuck with me also because it's like supposed to take place in today's world and he like has a candlelit dinner set. And talks about how much he likes his lamb undercooked, which is like just—I
1: don't understand what a weird stance. That's to not take. your flex. Yeah. <laughs> That's not. You sit down to eat and you just cut open your steak and it's just raw. And you're oh, like, yeah. Sorry, I eat all of my meat bloody. Fun fact. Also, the other thing that makes him very old school is his like huge ass cross that's made out of this wood and it and it's like ginormous and then the the killer had left pine cones with each of the victim and she sees pine cones on his um table on his like coffee table so and the
0: postcards the postcards and the postcards
1: well in the postcards she sees the exact same phrases underlined in his books that he had bookmarked on his desk so there are a lot of things that are leading her to this conclusion that he has had he had to have been the murderer. And then we find out again, spoiler alert, we tell you at the very beginning, but I just wanna if if you haven't read the ending, quit now, come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a doozy of an ending. Like it is one that I I, I could did not see coming. Like at all.
1: Well, here's the thing. Alright. So we find out Zoe did it. Dun 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 this, I, I, I was listening to this and I was like taking some notes while I was like listening to the very end of it. Um, and I was, I was like, yeah, of course Zoe did it. I called Zoe doing it from like the very beginning. I was like, she's sketch. I, I think she did it. But, and so I was like writing and I was like, yeah, it was a crazy twist, but like it was, it was expected. And then as soon as it was like, it wasn't Fosca, I was like, wait, then, then who was it? And then I was like, it was Fred. And then it was not Fred. And then I was like, and then she's like, it was Sebastian. And I like closed my computer and I was just like, no, no, <laughs> that's not real. So I, yes, I thought, cause I was like, who could have done it? It's gonna be someone unsuspecting, and then I thought it was Zoe. And then as the book, bu- like right off the bat when we meet Zoe, and then as it kind of went on, I was like, "eh, I don't, I don't really think it's her." I also thought it was her because they found the cigarette kind of outside of her building. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, as the, it, it just, I lost interest in her, and then I started really focusing in on Fred. And then I thought it was the, um, the old woman, that is the teacher. What's her name? Camilla. Cam- oh yeah. Well, I Carissa? think.
0: Carissa. That- they do such a, or he does such a good job of the red herrings because, like, Fred is kind of an obvious red herring in that you know who is this young guy who's just like randomly all of a sudden really invested in Mariana, or like who was the guy? Um, sorry,
1: who was the oh, hotelier?
0: Um, kind of yes, type Mason, dude.
1: Mar- Markets. Uh, May- it started with an M. <laughs>
0: Some guy whose name starts with an M, he kind of owns the hotel and it was left to him by his grandfather and then it, it we find out that he's having an affair with one of the maidens and so he seems very suspicious and obviously all the maidens seem suspicious and then yeah you have like an overly excited cleaning lady who's cleaned all their rooms and you have Mariana's friend Carissa who's a professor so you have a lot of red herrings. And I, I don't know, it's funny that I didn't see Zoe coming because I didn't think it was any of them. And I thought that, like, Fred was way too obvious. But I think, yeah, the part, like, the surprising part isn't that it's Zoe. The surprising part is Zoe was having an affair with Sebastian and and that everything that Mariana has built up is a total fantasy and lie. Because also... Like, he does such a good job of making us fall in love with Sebastian, too, in these memories. And then having it be. Having him end up being this creepy dude who is in love with a teenager who he, like, helped raise is so good, but it's so depressing. It's awesome as an
1: ending. Well, it's one that you'll never see coming because you're like. That that is so. That's so off your radar. Because you have Mariana, like, so invested in zoe as a daughter and she keeps coming back to like talking about her as a daughter and like and so you're (laughs) you never think of the daughter with the husband of the mother because that's the daughter with the father kind of thing but when this scenario with mariana with sebastian and that's not her real daughter and that they did not have zoe together so it's like it's completely plausible i don't want it to be true (laughs) Well, I think that's the...
0: I, I, I was telling Jenna, not that we talked about this that much because we were saving so much for the pod, but so much. I did say to Jenna I was so surprised that a man had written this because I didn't realize that a man had written this book until, like, I was more than halfway through it and I looked at the back cover. I don't know, I'm just not a back cover gal. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and because he is so good at especially understanding, like... The psychology of, I don't know, of cis women, like, he just, he just got it. And so I was just so surprised that he, he, I don't know, because he made the men so understandably unlikable and made us all sympathize with these women so much that I just couldn't believe that somebody had that insight. But again, his psychological background makes sense then that he is able to connect to all of us
1: yeah it's interesting you mentioned like the men in the story because i think it's so it's so much of the opposite of the stephen king of the like of the men that you you know you want to root for as a hero but each man in this has a flaw like a major flaw that a woman will see so like edward fosca is the overconfident like little little too close with his students kind of guy and then you have you have the big tough guy who i don't know what his name is but like he's just like am going to find his name while we're, while we're looking. He's like just brutal to this girl, like just treats her as like this vehicle for sex and then wants to threaten Mariana. And then you have Fred who's that total guy that you see at a Trader Joe's in New York and just like comes out <laughs> of the woodwork and is like, hey, I think you're beautiful. Do you want to get like wine sometime? And he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even know you um and so each that's of them so have yeah each of them have such a flaw except for Sebastian he just seemed like one of you know the guy that you meet and you fall in love with and I don't know if you felt differently
0: well I think I do think that's what's so brilliant is that we are seeing Sebastian through Mariana's lens and therefore could not have an objective opinion on him like we can the others not that i mm. guess necessarily there is a capability to be objective like even let's say julian who's mariana's ex like student colleague they went to cambridge together and then he's uh now uh, like is he a psychologist i don't know what he is but he's helping with he's the a case forensic
1: now. psychologist i think so he That's helps with crime he scenes
0: So, like, Mariana doesn't like him, and because Mariana doesn't like him, we are obviously influenced by that. So it's not that we're not influenced by her opinion on the other characters as well, but I think, I I do think Sebastian is idealized by her. Like, for example, the scene where they first meet, that she paints, you know, this beautiful blonde boy gets out of the water, and she, a plain Jane, doesn't expect him to come up to her, and he does, and you're like, Oh, yeah! Like, I love it! Um... And it's, it's, what I think is so wonderful about it is, it's really hard, we have the same struggle that Mariana does, to wrestle this person that we knew with the truth, and also I think it's brilliant to have interlaced the um, anonymous, like, chapters of what Sebastian had been writing, yeah. because... The whole time you're like, oh, this is boring. This is just Foscar. This is just, you know, who Morris Fred. is the name of the uh
1: Morris Thank is the God. hotel guy.
0: Uh, you know, this is just Fred or this is just Morris, this is boring. Like, I don't care. But because you don't know Sebastian, you never hear from him, you only hear from other people's versions of him. And that ends up being the only insight you get into him. You're like oh shit okay this was really well laid out
1: yeah yeah and i think um he did this very well in his other book so i read the silent patient and he did this really well in the other one as well where he you're so embedded in whoever is telling the story's storyline that you're like along for the ride with them so you're figuring out things as they're figuring out things and he makes it so, like, you cannot guess the ending.
0: Like, he mm. did it with
1: this one. Like, you really can't. I don't, I don't see any way that you would have been able to guess that ending. No. Unless you're like, I don't even know. I, I really don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I could never. No. But he just makes it so you have certain blinders on certain parts of the story that you're following along with this narrator. And then as things open up toward the ending, you're you're like, what the fucking, with the other, with that main character. You're like, oh my god. (laughs) Well, I also think, like,
0: it's just, what's also so wonderful about it is that actually, like, Edward Fosca isn't a good guy. And Morris isn't a good guy. It's not like because Sebastian ends up being the evil force behind this book that suddenly everybody becomes vindicated. It's like, she is uncovering bad shit that's happening at the school it's just that it's not the bad shit that she's looking for so yeah i think it's also really smart to make everyone equally flawed and make everyone equally creepy and it's just you know there happens to be that person who ends up being the more creepy one (laughs) here which is zoe and (laughs) sebastian but no one gets off the hook in terms of being held accountable
1: yeah 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 that makes sense i think um he I, I you won't know this but i'll pull uh sierra did this with me with the uh, crescent city uh, insider knowledge but uh he does a tap tip to the silent patient in this book oh um, cool. because theo that um the therapist that she meets with like who is um Uh, who is with her, like, with Ruth. Like, they were both in that same class. And then they meet for coffee. And he goes and works for the psych ward that wants – and then he wants her to come visit Zoe. So Theo is in the silent patient. And he – And they talk about the girl who wasn't talking. And she was like, you should go. That's the silent patient. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That was such a nice little – Thing where it's you know it's not the same universe like it's the same universe but they're kind of like intertwining it's kind of like um, uh it's kind of like Taylor Jenkins Reid and like her whole stuff like she has characters from her other books kind of weaving into the books as she's writing the...
0: them yeah it's cool it's really really cool I will say actually building on the Theo thing Henry mm-hmm. the patient who. Uh, is in Mariana's original group in London, and then kind of follows her and all of that. I found him to be an unnecessary character. I think that's my one complaint.
1: Yep. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. I thought... Because I think he was trying to force, like, it's, you know, this dangerous character, almost like he is, like, the biggest red herring of them all. Yeah. But... But he wasn't, like, intertwined enough into the story, into the other character storylines that you didn't really... Like, you keep forgetting about him, and then he keeps, like, popping up, and then you're, like... Yeah, mm, it felt very interesting. Get forced. out of here. Yeah. Maybe if he, like, had a relationship with Zoe, or, like, maybe was somehow intertwined with Zoe, I think it would have made it more interesting.
0: Yeah. I, you know? I, yeah, I, I think... Having Henry as a character and someone for Mariana to be afraid with, or afraid of, excuse me, just ended up being kind of a distraction from the main storyline that they were trying to accomplish. And so I just found myself being like, I don't care about Henry. I know he's a red herring and I know that this is just distracting me. And so I'm not investing my time into these pages of the book.
1: Yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if it, if it would have been better spent on Morris, like if Morris kind of would have taken a more stalkerish approach. Mm-hmm. And like you know, after he saw, after he saw her like spying on him in the in the cemetery, like if he kind of took more of a stalkerish approach, it may have been more interesting, but I feel like you need that that stalker character in this book to, to spark that paranoia that Mariana has cuz I think That's what kind of tips it over the edge because at first you're just like, yeah, she's just, you know, furious with this guy for fondling young girls, (laughs) you know, with Fosca and, you know, like he's just creepy and she's just angry. But then that paranoia is what sets her over the edge. And then you're like, oh God, she's like manic, like, oh dear. And then that's kind of what kind of like leads into the ending. So I feel like you do need that stalker character, but it wasn't... It wasn't utilized well with Henry.
0: Yeah, I think putting it on Morris is a better call because I found, like, when it was revealed that Morris was having an affair with Sabrina, one of the maidens, or Serena? Sabrina? I don't remember. Serena, I think. Serena. Uh, It kind of felt like it came out of nowhere just because we didn't really know about him. And I think that had we known about him more, I would have been more kind of invested in that as well not that that still wasn't a shock in the book but it was just a little bit like okay there's one too many characters going on here now at this point i also think had henry not been in the novel we probably could have i don't know spent more time on the maidens themselves like we really didn't get that many pages dedicated to them or their inner workings. it was very much like oh, here are two of them, they're both going to die, you know, a couple others of them die, but we don't really know much about them. So that felt very weird to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I wrote that in my notes that there wasn't enough around that. Because that's an interesting idea. Like these women who literally worship a professor. That's interesting. So like, Spend more time on that and not the, you know, the stereotypical, like, stalker. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, especially because he was, you know, especially, I think, also because actually digging into it. Also, I should say, I loved the book. Like, I, I don't know why I'm finding so many critiques. But I will just say, just to finish out my thought on the Maidens, is because Zoe ended up having this sort of vendetta against them. And was using them and killing them as part of her plan to get back at Mariana. We don't really get enough of why Zoe doesn't like them or her contention with them. It feels very kind of like, okay, they're mean girls and Zoe's an outsider and she wants Fosca's attention cool. But like, it doesn't give us enough to really like get to the root of the tension between all of them and then it requires a lot of expositional explaining when zoe is finally like being culpable in front of mariana and i think that had we had more groundwork it would have required less like and this is why i did this and this is why i've done that and it's like okay cool but i wish that that had been laid before
1: yeah, I almost think it would have done better as, like, a Donna Tart kind of behemoth. <laughs> like, oh, I almost yeah. feel like I wish it was 500 pages. I wish it was 600 pages. Like, I wish we got more. Because I'm interested. I, like, really want to know more about this group, and I really want to know more about Zoe's character. But, like, we didn't get enough in that kind of 350-page book.
0: No, we didn't. And I think... Ultimately, it is hard to say a lot about Zoe without revealing too much that would lead you to realizing that she's the care- killer sooner. Yep. But I do think that there could have maybe been a balance. Like, for example, the fact that once Zoe's parents died and Marianne and Sebastian raised her. There wasn't really a lot of establishment, establishing what the relationship between Mariana, Zoe, and Sebastian was like when Zoe was younger. There wasn't a lot of, other than McLady saying, Oh, yeah, they were really close, and, you know, Mariana really loved her. There wasn't a lot of kind of clarity on what that love looked like, other than Mariana showing up for her and Zoe just kind of being like depressed and glad she was there. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that what I was most kind of amazed by by this book was just the idea behind it and how he was able to execute it and how well he was able to get to things psychologically. That being said, I think that the actual practicality of like how the exposition was laid out, how each character other than Mariana was thought out could have been, could have, like, probably served an extra 100 pages, if not more.
1: Yeah. So what would you say is your final rating of this book?
0: Interesting. I think I would give it, I think I would give it a four. I'd give it higher than Goodreads gave it. But I think that I, mainly because I think that, the setting was really, really good. Like, I've been to Oxford and Cambridge, and he painted it to a T. It's it's like a place that is frozen in time and still has these insane traditions and rules that you're like... I'm sorry, is it the 2000s because it feels like it is 1940 right now? Uh, and I think especially as someone who was a student there, he clearly understands that very, very well. I think also it's really rare to see a female protagonist who you just see all sides of her and you still like her a lot. Um, But yeah, no, I think that he was really, really focused on his protagonist and I don't think that he was focused enough on his antagonist. And I think Mm -hmm. that because of that, a lot of other secondary characters suffered as well. And I wish that we had gotten kind of equal footing for everyone in the book. So I'd give it a four. Mm-hmm. What about okay.
1: you? I would say a four. Yeah, I'll give it a four point two. <laughs> okay. um, because I I think as a psychological thriller, it absolutely killed it. Like it, it gives you exactly what you want. It gives you um, character that you like that you're kind of following this journey with. You give a ton of red herrings that you think are the people who done it, the person that actually does it, you don't really expect. And then in the way that she actually does it is completely bonkers. Um, And so I think like as a psychological thriller, it absolutely hit the mark. Like it did exactly what it was supposed to, but I think it could have been taken to the next level by focusing on those next character, like by focusing on those sideline characters and by, yeah, just being like, I would give it 200 pages, give it like, make it 600 pages (laughs) like (laughs) like i would read that thing yeah Yeah. i would read that thing in a heartbeat um because i think i think the idea there is really really fascinating if if you spent just a little more time with that maiden's idea and kind of made it more of that dead poet society kind of feel i in like getting these groups together and really establishing that group and the characters in that group i think that's where um I think that's where you kind of take this book to the next level. But I think, like, I think he was trying to write a psychological thriller that captured your attention and made you kind of drop your jaw at the very end. And I think he did that. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, I am not a huge fiction reader. I read mostly nonfiction. And I don't remember the last mystery I read like this. And I literally (laughs) consumed this book in two days. Like, it's so incredible. Incredibly Well written and I just mean that from like a sentence structure standpoint. I mean you're talking to two people who just read Project Project Hail Mary a few weeks ago and like literally I could read the dictionary and it would be more interesting than that book was but (laughs) to get what to get fiction like this what a gift what a what a true gift (laughs) gift. and I also do just want to finally comment on um, the idea of Edward Fosca because like to shit on Americans that hard to make the one american <laughs> character in this book so deeply unlikable i mean you got to g- you got to give it to alex macaladies who is like i have one mission and that is to really just say americans are annoying as hell
1: yeah well he he was born in cyprus so okay it automatically makes,
0: <laughs> makes him he, it, automatically he is cooler than i'll ever be
1: and um so it makes sense he wants to shit on the american
0: it's hard to like get me to care about like greek tragedy and like i really cared about greek tragedy by the end of this so
1: look at that alex mcladies you did it you made a believer out of ella you did huge feat (laughs) you should feel really proud
0: (laughs) if honestly when you listen to this which you inevitably will alex just know absolutely I'm a huge fan, and that's not an easy task.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I <laughs> anyway. love it. Well, let's let's get into our pairings. We like to end the show with a segment we call pairings, where we pick TV shows, movies, other books that might pair well with today's book, and also a little glass of wine if we have it. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I, I can go first if you want me to go first. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go, Ella. Prove
0: your worth. Come on. Um, okay. Alcohol wise, I was thinking like a very dry white, like throughout this whole, Ooh. uh, this whole book. I was like, this book seems like it is served with the driest chilled glass of white wine. Uh, I I'm not sophisticated enough by any means to tell you what kind of white <laughs> wine, but I just know it's dry and it's a white wine. Uh, love that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Um, hopefully you'll provide more context for me. As far as books go, I don't... Well, I guess I do know why, but it's just so funny that I couldn't come up with anything else. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was the book that That's kept coming to mind. a great one. Thank you! Because That's a great one. it's like, it takes place in... A school like a Cambridge or an Oxford that has, it's steeped in tradition, gourds, guys. <laughs> we all wanted to go. I think yeah. the reason why the Chamber of Secrets kept coming up to me was it was like the concept of like a former secret society, you know, people randomly dying, no explanation for why, like people being forced, they're, they cause I think at this point, Harry's like on threat of being expelled because... All the deaths start to fall on his shoulders. So it it actually has a lot of parallels, even though the main characters are, I think, like 12 or 13 at that point. But I don't know. It just kept popping into my head. Hogwarts felt a lot like Cambridge to me. Yeah, that's a great Um, pairing. Thank you. Uh, Okay, movies. I feel like I've recommended this one before, but I'm going to recommend it again because I just finished reading the book. And so I rewatched the movie, too. But Election is a movie that may not seem on the surface like it goes with this book. That being said, the main character is, like, a very willful girl who is facing off against her teacher. And she has had an affair with her teacher. And so it just reminded me a lot of, like, men in leadership positions. Like an Edward Fosca or a Sebastian who should not be doing what they're doing. And women who have to fight back against men who should not be doing what they're doing, uh, and even perhaps being—I don't know—flawed in their own right. Uh, so that's the movie. And then TV show-wise, I'm a huge fan of a good old-fashioned British mystery. So I recommend Sherlock or Broadchurch.
1: Uh, because oh my, my mom and grandma are obsessed with Broadchurch.
0: See, my exact, my pinpointed audience, (laughs) Jetta's mom and grandma, say no more, say no more. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything about either show because they're both phenomenal and you should watch both, Um, but they are just great mystery shows and if you love like to sink your teeth into like an English kind of mystery, nothing is better than Broadchurch or Sherlock. Mm,
1: I love those. Those are great pairings. Thank you. What about you? Okay, um, my wine is going to be, it's actually the complete opposite of yours. It's a full-bodied red. <laughs> cool. Go either Paps way, house. guys. <laughs> Go either way. Um, I, I picked prisoner wine mostly because I think um, the label itself is just very dark and very, like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I think that it kind of pairs well with that. Um, and anytime I think of a murder mystery, I think of just red because of blood. And they That's said so the interesting. deaths were very bloody.
0: A- anytime I think of a murder mystery, I think of someone with like, I think, I think I'm thinking of like Beach Mom, like Diane Keaton and Nancy Meyers movie, like sitting back yeah. reading a mystery novel.
1: See that, that makes sense too. So I think you could go either way, not to me, either but way. like... <laughs> um so my tv show is actually going along the exact same lines as you but i'm gonna go an american mystery um and do mayor of east town (gasps) yes yes so good absolutely um yeah it just speaks for itself you have a tiny community who everyone knows each other and there's a murder of a young girl and you have to figure out who done it
0: and Kate Winslet is such Mariana energy
1: in that she show. She is. She totally is. Ugh, so good. Um, Actually, and his... Evan Peters is giving off major Fred vibes in that show. Right? And, um, his, and her mom is giving off big, like, Mer, uh, Carissa vibes. Oh, my God.
0: Really <laughs> good. Knocked it out of
1: the park. Um... So my book is going to be, I think I've already recommended this, but it's just, it's way too good. The Secret History, uh, Donna Tartt. And I knew it's that about was going to be yours. Yeah. It's about a cult of kids. Come on. You can't like go wrong except for they trip on drugs and go into the forest and end up bloodied and you have to figure out why. So, um, very similar to, to the Maidens group, uh, is their group. And then I, my other book was, I, I did Sharp Objects, um, mm. um, I'm going to give everyone a warning right now. Um, if you have not finished Sharp Objects, please cover your ears. Okay? I'm serious. I'm going to spoil the ending, but it has it goes well with this pairing because of the ending. Okay. I'm going to say the ending now. Um, but are you okay with that? I didn't even ask you. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I haven't read the book, but I saw the show. So okay. I, I know yes. who did it. So the young girl does it in, the, in each of the these things so you have like the young girl who's absolutely unsuspecting the young teenager and the angsty teenager and they both end up doing it and it was like well done. i will
0: say i'm honestly you're making me want to re-watch sharp objects that i i should read the book too but that mini-series was so good like it was so good Amy Adams is ridiculously good in that. She's so good. Patricia uh, Clarkson okay. is giving off. Oh. No, different different Patricia, but close. But um, <laughs> Patricia Clarkson nails it. And also the girl who plays Eliza Scanlon, who plays the murderer, is yeah. amazing. Just amazing. that last scene. Oh. Oof! With the teeth. so good. Oh, so I can't. Good. Oh, so good. Yeah. No, those are really, really good pairings.
1: Yeah. Um. And then my movie was uh, say, hold on, try again. My my movie was a simple favor. Oh, the Blake with, Lively movie. Like Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Never saw. Um, it. Is it good? Yeah. It's it's good. I think it's good. And I think the ending is like, just on the verge of being cheesy but it's also like oh whoa what the f (laughs) okay so I yeah it's it's a solid movie I would give it a watch it's definitely a solid movie um and those suits gotta give it up for Blake's suits Blake's suits yeah I just feel like Anna Kendrick gives me big Mariana vibes in that movie so
0: Mm, I can definitely see that I can definitely definitely see that
1: yeah I feel like uh I feel like
0: I don't know. I'm excited. This felt like a good book to get into the spooky season. I know, you know. That's
1: what I was thinking. I was like, Ooh.
0: <laughs> this felt very fall. It felt very
1: Halloween. It feels correct. It feels great. <laughs> we appreciate you listening this far. If you made it this far, um, and I, I can't believe you wouldn't have. It's just an invigorating story. So. And
0: we're so entertaining. And we are so entertaining. And are so entertaining. You wouldn't have. <laughs>
1: But we appreciate you uh, joining us on today's journey. Uh, Next up with Ella and I is... Mean Baby. Mean Baby, right? I'm so excited. I'm very, very excited. Well, take care. (laughs) Well, bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at RW Reads Podcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all.